Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Sermon text for this morning is our epistle lesson for today. It's from Romans chapter 12. We hear verses 16 through 21. Please rise as we hear these words in Jesus' name. Have the same respect for one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the humble. Do not think too highly of yourselves. Do not pay anyone back evil for evil. Focus on those things that everyone considers noble. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, maintain peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, revenge is, or vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we pray. O oh Lord, we thank you for the mercy and love that you have given to unworthy sinners like us. And help us to likewise have a heart of mercy and love, even towards those who sin against us. Amen. Please be seated. How does God want you to approach other sinners? You have enemies out there. There are people out there who might really despise you, might not like you, might be working hard to get you, to make your life miserable. What are you supposed to do about those people? What would God have you do with them? I think we're going to wrestle with this topic that we have before us today because this is a difficult topic for us. It's a topic that doesn't come naturally to us. The fact that God wants you and me to approach other sinners, even those who are out to get us, our enemies, he wants us to approach them in love. Even if someone is evil to us, God doesn't want us to repay them with any retribution. He wants us to leave that up to him. He instead wants you and me to do good to them, to that person. Jesus made this clear in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He said, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Similarly, a few moments ago in our gospel lesson, we heard Jesus say, be merciful. Do not judge, do not condemn, forgive These are tremendously big asks. These are big requests that God makes of his people, aren't they? A famous English writer by the name of G.K. Chesterton, he commented on these verses. He said, this Christian ideal to love your enemy has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Another English writer by the name of C.S. Lewis, he also commented on these verses. He said, everyone says that forgiving and loving one's enemy is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive, and then the subject is greeted with howls of anger. It's not that people think this is too high and difficult a virtue. It's that they find it hateful and contemptible. That sort of talk makes us sick, they say. And I agree with them. When I have been wronged, when I have been hurt by another person, I do not want to forgive them. I don't want to love my enemy. 
I don't want to repay evil by doing good to that hurtful person. That's crazy, isn't it? When someone pushes my buttons, I would rather lash out at them. If someone is saying something really mean and nasty to me or about me, well, I would rather say some really mean and nasty things to them or about them. If someone hits me or harms me, I would rather punch them back, cause them some pain and suffering themselves. If someone rips me off, steals from me, cons me out of something, I would rather track them back down and show them what's what. If someone does something to harm me or to threaten me or my family or any of my loved ones, I would much rather call them up and explain to them that I have a very particular set of skills that would make me a nightmare to people like you. These kind of responses come naturally to us, don't they? And Satan is working to build up these kind of feelings in you and me, these sinful feelings. And it even gets to the point where these come so naturally out of our hearts. It's built into our human nature, into our psyche, and it always has been. Just think about how this, this whole topic just is saturated in, in movies and songs and books from the Iliad to the Count of Monte Cristo to Mean Girls. I'm going to get revenge. How many times do we see someone who's getting what they really deserve and we take great pleasure and satisfaction in it? We might think it serves them right Karma is a cruel mistress. They made that bed, they have to sleep in it. When your football team is playing their arch rivals and you see their star player go down with a bad injury, do you immediately think, oh, that poor fellow, he's in pain, he's in suffering, his career, his livelihood is in jeopardy. No, of course not. How often do we instead rejoice, are we? pleased by the fact that that football player is now out of the game, maybe out of the season. When a politician in a party that we might oppose goes down in a treacherous scandal, do you find yourself rejoicing, gloating in it? When that guy in a sports car goes flying by you on the highway, and then you know a mile later, pulled over getting a ticket, do you laugh at them? Do you find yourself pleased and happy because of that? When a family member or a neighbor that you might be at odds with suddenly is facing some sort of suffering or difficulty in your life, are you satisfied? If so, aren't you then allowing your sinful nature, your evil sinful nature in you to win? Isn't your sinful nature at that point then ruling your heart? If you claim to be a Christian, if you desire to have God's forgiveness, if you want heaven to be open to you, then it's important for you and me to see and to admit that a heart and attitude that rejoices in repaying evil for evil is sinful and wrong. And we should repent of that heart and attitude. That is not at all what God wants. 
And our text for today is crystal clear on this. Do not be arrogant. Do not think too highly of yourselves. Do not pay back evil for evil. Maintain peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Do not be overcome by evil. Satan tempts you to let your anger, to let your your sense of revenge, your sense of justice well up in you so that you might act out in response to those who sin against you. And all too often we do that. But God wants the opposite, and he tells us to do the opposite. As we heard from Jesus in our gospel lesson, be merciful, do not judge, do not condemn, instead forgive. Thinking back to our Old Testament lesson, we heard. We heard the, the closing part of the Genesis account. Joseph and his brothers, their father had just died. The brothers realized that they deserved, they deserved to be punished for all the evil that they had committed against their brother Joseph. They realized that he had every right to now get even with them. They were terrible to him. They mistreated him when he was a boy. They even ended up selling him into slavery and staging his death before their father. And as Joseph was then enslaved, all these terrible things kept happening to him. He was falsely accused of, of, trying, of, of assaulting his master's wife. He was thrown into prison, left to rot. Now, in most movies and books... That would be the time where you start plotting your evil revenge, where you become this angry, hateful, vengeful person. But not Joseph. And what does Joseph say to his brothers then in our Old Testament lesson? He says, am I in the place of God? What an interesting statement here. He's admitting, no, God is my vengeance. He's the one who will take care of all these things. I don't even have to worry about it. I leave it in his hands. I wait on the Lord. Am I in the place of God, he says. Yes, it's true. You meant evil against me. He points out that they were guilty of great sin. But then he points out how God, in spite of their sins, was still at work to turn that sin around. God meant it for good to bring this to pass, to keep many people alive. Now, it's important for us to realize it's not that God wanted or willed people to sin against Joseph. God never desires anyone to sin. But when we are dealing with sins, the sins of others committed against us, if we can patiently put our trust in God, when we wait on the Lord as the scriptures encourage us to do, and as we see Joseph did, well, we can trust that God will be working for our good. And sometimes the way that God works in order to bring us justice, in order to take out vengeance for us, is to help bring us through that mistreatment, bring us through the other side, wiser, stronger, better off than ever before. Satan must really hate it. Satan must really hate it. All the work and effort that he puts into perpetrating evil. And yet when people respond in love to that evil committed against them, look how God foils that evil completely, turns it upside down on its head. God, in fact, even takes that evil and in spite of Satan, ends up using it to be a great blessing for his people. 
That's what we see here taking place with the case of Joseph and his brothers. And also for you and me. When you and I, when we are wronged by others, and we're immediately tempted to respond with that natural anger, with that vengeance, with that sense of justice, and we want to act out against those who have sinned against us, or maybe even in those times when we have, in fact, crossed that line and have repaid evil for evil, it's important for us to then turn to the words that we found at the beginning of our gospel lesson for today, where Jesus said, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. How does God approach sinners? How does God approach sinners like you and me? You and I, we admit that we're sinners. We admit that we have mistreated other people. And yet, look at how God has been merciful to us. Consider, how did Jesus Christ approach you? Consider what our Lord Jesus did for us, even while we were still sinners, while we were his enemies. He was at work not to take his anger out on us, not to take revenge on us who had mistreated him, but instead he was at work to save you and me. Throughout his life, our Lord Jesus, he faced an evil, sinful world that was out to get him, that was trying to abuse and destroy him. Satan was convincing people to turn on him, to think evil of him, to say all kinds of evil things about him. Jesus faced off against ridicule, against mockery, against rejection. And, and yet, how did Jesus respond to all of this? Did he respond like us, getting angry, seeking revenge, getting even? No, not at all. He fully understood that he was here to help these sinful people. He came into this world to seek and to save these who were lost, even these who were in the very process of trying to destroy him and his work. Never once did Jesus lash out in anger. Never once were his actions driven by thoughts of revenge. Never once did Jesus repay evil with evil. Instead, he lived a holy life a perfect life, never committing a single sin, Jesus earned righteousness, a righteousness that he now desires to share with all who come to him. And even as Jesus was being brutally mistreated, even as he was wrongfully arrested, as he was beaten, being tortured, as he was being nailed to a cross, he wasn't muttering out angry uh, thoughts of vengeance or revenge against these people, but just the opposite in the midst of this mistreatment, he was, he was concerned about those people, praying, Father, forgive them. He was willingly allowing this to happen for the sake of those people who put him there in the first place, including you and me. Jesus went to the cross. He went to bleed, to suffer, to die in order to pay for all sins, including your sins, my sins, and also for the sins of those other sinners that they commit against us. And glory be to Jesus. He did this so that Satan's efforts, so that Satan's work might come unraveled. That you and I, and even those who have wronged us, who have sinned against us, we might have this wonderful gift of forgiveness. Salvation from hell. The gates of heaven opened to us. 
The words that Joseph spoke to his brothers in our Old Testament lesson, they're also words that, that really are fitting and, and applied to Jesus and, and what he now says to us. Yes, you meant evil against me. Because of your sins, Jesus says, I went to the cross. I was put on the cross. And yet, look how God meant it for good. How he's turned this evil, the greatest tragedy the universe has ever seen, God's turned it upside down and has blessed his people through it to bring to pass the saving of many lives. Really, we hear an Easter message echoed in those words of Joseph. As Joseph stood before his brothers and they were coming to him worried, Joseph points back and he says, look at how everything has been accomplished. Look at everything that God has done to get us to this point. Have comfort in knowing that, that this is God's work and I trust in him. Jesus says the same thing to you and me now. We know the evil that we have committed. We know the times where we might even still fall into this temptation to take revenge on others. And we come to Jesus and we're worried, Lord, we've messed up again. And he says, look at the open and empty tomb. Look at how God's work has been accomplished. I have done everything so that you can stand with me with your sins completely forgiven. Look at what God has done in spite of your evil. Yes, your sins put me on the cross, Jesus says. But look how God has, wor has worked it for good for the saving of your life. Our Lord Jesus has also said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. He loved those who had sinned against him. He was willing to forgive even those atrocious sins that had been committed against him. And in a sense, our Lord Jesus got even with those people who had sinned against him. He got even with them, not by sinking down to their level, by repaying evil for evil, but he got even with those sinners by bringing them up to his level, by forgiving them, by pulling them up out of their sin and giving them his righteousness that he shares with them. And this is something that he does for you and me. He gets even with us, sharing with us his righteousness, his forgiveness, everything that he earned on the cross. What a wonderful thing this is, something for you and I to rejoice in, that Jesus got even with us. And he does that here in this place as he shares his word and his sacraments with you and me. Through this message, through the word, he proclaims to you a message of how he approached you, a sinner in love. He bought you back from your sin. He has forgiven you of all your sins. In baptism, he has removed your guilt, your sin, all the anger and vengeance of God that you and I deserve. It's been washed away in the waters of baptism. In the Lord's Supper, the very body and blood that was sinned against and yet committed no wrong, it is now shared with us. It is given to you to eat and to drink and with it a promise that with it comes the forgiveness of your sins. It strengthens your faith and it gives you the encouragement to then go and, and likewise overcome evil with good. Knowing this love that Christ has given to you and me, we want to approach sinners in the same kind of way, with that same kind of heart as our Savior approached us. You can now get even with them, not by repaying evil for evil, but pointing them to Jesus 
Point them to the righteousness that they too can have. Help them to come up out of their sins and to join you shoulder to shoulder as you get to stand before God as God's saints. What a wonderful opportunity this is that that we have. And, And really, that's the encouragement here. Overcome evil with good. Similar to what our Savior said in in Matthew 5, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So how does God want you to approach other sinners? Well, not how our sinful nature would want us to approach them. Angrily seeking revenge, striking back at them, no. Instead, consider how our Lord Jesus approached us. How Jesus came to you and me in mercy, working for our good, working to save us. See how our Savior got even with us by bringing us up to his level, by sharing his righteousness with us, by forgiving us our sins. And rejoicing in this, we want to do the same to those who might sin against us. We can get even with them by pointing to the forgiveness, to the righteousness that has been freely offered also to them by our Savior, Jesus. And we pray. O Lord, help us to love even our enemies. Give us the strength to do good even when evil is committed against us and help us to commit ourselves to you and to your vengeance. We thank you for the mercy you've given us. Help us now point to this mercy as we approach those who sin against us. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.